So last Sunday I was starting my message, and maybe we remember I couldn't find my notes. Found them. They were there all the time. They were just in between some papers, some musics. So, but that's last week's. <laughs> so we move on. And I shared earlier that the word rest. Um, boy, that's a good word. Um, rest is a part of God's plan. Actually, he demonstrated on the six days he created, the seventh day he rested, and he admired, he looked back, he reflected on the things he had created. I think that we also need moments or a day at least that we honor our Lord and reflect on the good things God has given to us. I think it's important that I'm speaking to myself. I'm sure I've been guilty many times of not, not taking enough time off. You know, you kind of want to keep plowing away and plugging away. You'd be tired, but you just kind of keep, as long as you keep moving, you know, you're okay. But, but that, that's not always healthy. That's not always so good. I think the Lord intends that some time for us to be refreshed, uh, to take in. Uh, we can't always be giving out. We're not machines. Even machines break and need to be stopped and maintained. Put a little grease in the bearings, uh, tighten, snug up a few things. You know, machines have uh, moments where they just they break down. But we're not even machines, and so we have to be careful. We have to guard against our time and our and what we do. So the back uh, the backdrop or our text is Hebrews four, which I'm just going to kind of dive into it. But the third chapter had been dealing with the book of Hebrews now, have been dealing with the people of Israel that they were uh, not able to enter into the promised land because of their disobedience. This is the first generation uh, that God chose to lead them out of the bondage of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. really was would be the rest that God wanted for them. But, but because of the disobedience, um, hardening of hearts, uh, the they criticized the leadership. They, they complained about not having enough to eat or the right kinds of food, and their attitude stinketh at times. And uh, God was, you know, faithful to his word. He allowed them to wander to that generation, really basically was over, and he started anew in a French. So the writer of Hebrews is warning the readers Chapter 3, and I'm diving in. So verse 12, hang on. He says, take care, brethren, lest any there be any of you uh, having an unbelieving heart and falling away from the living God. If you think about what, what stops the, the favor of God, what stops the blessing of God is basically unbelief begin to doubt him, begin to stop believing, stop stop praying, stop hoping, stop reaching for the things that God has for us, and we start surmising things in our own. So no wonder, you know, Aaron, uh, and Aaron was, be, he was twixt between the two. He knew what was right, 
And Moses' brother is on the mount receiving the commandments. And the people are pressing in on Aaron and say, well, he's not coming back. We've got to do something. We've got to have something that we're going to worship. We've got to have something that we can put our trust in. So let's just make this calf. And the scripture is kind of almost comical as Aaron said, well, as, as he was confronted by Moses, well, they, the people made me do it. You know, I, I just all of a sudden this calf came out. And he was drunk in his tracks. And so God has boundaries, so to speak. There are blessings that the Lord wants to give to us, but there are, there are boundaries that he set for us so that we do not uh, abuse the gifts of God or abuse the things of God. God always has our best interests in mind, but he also has the way in which we ought to live. So the people are struggling. The writer of Hebrews is warning the, the readers at this time, Let's not be like those who hardened their heart, who provoked him, verse 16, chapter 3 of Hebrews, for one who was provoked him when they heard, indeed, did not all these who came out of Egypt led by Moses, and with whom was he angry for 40 years, was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? To whom did he swear they should not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. And so unbelief is a kind of a, is a, is a, core, is a core problem. Even in our land, we know there's skepticism. There's a lot of doubts about who our Lord is. Unbelief, turning to other gods, turning to other things, turning to just plain old stuff. See, what I'm really getting at today is our rest, our real rest, is being at peace with God. It's knowing in your heart that you're walking with him. It's knowing in your heart that you're being obedient. You can't buy that kind of peace. There's no way the world can give to you any kind of peace. The battle is always in the mind, often. We're, we're wrestling with things. And how we come to grips with it, how are we going to deal with it? This is, this is the passage. I'm going to take us to Hebrews chapter 4 because this, therefore, it's like saying, thou, because you, you've heard about their story, because of their example, we're not going to go like, we're not going to live the way they did. The Hebrews 4 says, therefore let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith. We can listen to the preacher, we can read the word all about God all, we, all, all day long, but we have to unite it with faith. When, they, when the faith, when faith comes together, when you start to believe, when you start to realize this is God's word, this is God's word speaking, this is God's heart speaking to me now. 
And I would dare say that every circumstance of life that throw, comes at you, there is a portion in God's word tailor-made for you. We've got to search it out. So in this letter in your mind, if you put rest, if you could do it acoustic, rest, R-E-S-T, the first letter behind R would be reflect. Reflect on God's word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This is the word to Joshua following Moses, a classic verse, a verse that we can stand on and use it today. This is the way for success right here. He lays it out. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. In other words, not just knowing about the word, but being doers of the word. Living out the word. Demonstrating. It's so a part of you, it becomes who you are. It doesn't leave you. But we have, to, we have to keep sharp with it. We have to meditate. We have to reflect upon it. We're not going to get the word of God watching the 10 o'clock news, are we? We have to put it in our hearts. The psalmist said, the word I've treasured in my heart. At about age 19, I felt the Lord was calling me to walk Walk with him. Know him. Thank God for that. I wasn't much of a reader. And I'd sit, I'd sit for a few minutes and I'd, pretty soon my mind would start to wander. Come on, you've been there. You start thinking about stuff. Oh, now i got to click, reset, start over. But I started out taking 5, 10, 15 Pretty soon I could keep it going for a half hour, 45 minutes in the bedroom of my home growing up. God was calling me to a walk with him. I thank God for that. And I really believe in my heart it wasn't Bible college that changed me or helped me or prepared me. It's the word of God itself. Having more understanding of his word so that you have something to use when you get into the life. You have the sword when you get into the battles, when the enemy tries to come at you with all kinds of false accusations or things in your past that are already under the blood of Jesus, and he tries to trip you up and bring things back to your remembrance. You've got to realize the word of God begins to cut those and strip those and penetrate through that. That's exactly what verse 12 of Hebrews 4 describes. The word of God is living and active. You see, can we get our hearts wrapped around it? The word of God is living and active. In other words, when John 1, 1 was penned, he said, in the beginning was the word, right? And the word was with God. And the word was God. It was Speaking directly, the word is Jesus. And Jesus is alive and he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, 
who will bring to our hearts the understanding. And First John says you don't have to have a teacher. Well, he's not saying you don't need teachers in the church. That's contradictory to his word. But what he's saying, you have an anointing that will help you understand the things of God's word. You have an anointing. The Holy Spirit is the anointing that helps you, quickens you. You know, you ever had those light bulb moments and a thing just turned on and this is, oh, this comes... This is for me. He's speaking to me. Those are great opportunities. But we have to take our time to be able to reflect. And if you're, and if you're like me, I've got to fight for that. I've got to push through. I've got to keep dialing in, focusing bring myself back because the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember the early church? I think it was Peter who was preaching after the day of Pentecost. Remember, you read the, the book of Acts and it's over and over again, it describes how they were proclaiming God's word and miracles were happening. Signs and wonders were following the proclamation of God's word, which is still biblical, by the way. <laughs> it's still happening today. Signs and wonders are a confirmation to God's word. And so Peter is just proclaiming the things of God. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's bold as a lion. And we know Peter was a little bit, had a personality, you know. He was kind of confident at times, but then at many times he, he just fell flat on his face. But the word was quickened. People were pierced. They were convicted. The Holy Spirit brings conviction and convinces people of their need for Jesus. And the old will, sometimes it's like an iron will within a man or a woman. The Holy Spirit is nudging it prompting, and we're praying for perhaps people we want to be saved, perhaps people you want to see them following Jesus. We need to know when to speak and not to speak. And sometimes there's a need to speak. Sometimes there's a need to be quiet and listen. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Because the Word of God doesn't Billy club people. It doesn't condemn people. It's never meant to beat people up. But it always, what I love to see, it breaks through the layers of hardness. You peel an onion. I don't like onions, but I know there's layers and layers and layers. Oftentimes, our hearts a man's heart is a layer, and then you get to another layer, you look deeper. God's word doesn't always take it all off at once. One, I don't know who it was where I picked up this statement, I think probably could have been one of my uncles was reading some of his stuff. Uh, had two uncles that were preachers, preacher, pastors. And he said, I think it was my Uncle Bartlett, who was a preacher, then he be, was in the district, then he was in the national level, where he said, be careful not to drive the nail clear through the board. 
You know, you know what that's like? You drove too hard. They weren't ready. They weren't quite ready. And so the Holy Spirit convicts. We will only change when we want to. God has to fix our want to. Oh, Lord, help my unbelief. The belief system, the understanding, we need America, our land needs healing in the belief system. Our land is struggling, waffling. We need a revival. I wonder if we'd slow down enough. Times. We don't have to. I don't have to convince you that this world is crazy. You just get into traffic at any time of the day or the night. It's just people. It's constant. You ever yearn for a, a simpler time? You ever yearn for... I think back when I was a child at times, too. Not, not, not often, but I didn't worry about really anything except for what I was going to do that day. Made it up as I went along. You know what I mean. You built stuff. You created things. A walk with God is an adventure where we are willing, you know what, Lord, if there's something else you're trying to tell me today that I need to do differently, help me to hear. Help me not to be such in a hurry that I force things to happen. Like Balaam, through a donkey, God spoke, stopped him. Donkey stops, and he beats the donkey. <laughs> see, that's the flesh. Get going, force it. But he didn't see the danger. There was an angel. God opened the donkey's eyes to see it. God spoke to the donkey. Finally, God was able to intervene. Reflection. Have you ever thought back over your life and categorized your life at time, you know, maybe seasons? For some reason, mine lands on seven. I was probably saved. I'm going to, you know, guess. I could have been saved at seven but I could have been saved at six, so I'm not really sure. But every leap up, 14, I'm in grade school, seventh grade. My dad and mom are struggling with the farm. They lose the farm. We have to move. It was a tough time for my family, seventh grade. I remember mom being in the hospital over there, struggling. Dad just kind of plugging away. 1977, by the time I graduated, it was a highlight. I graduated. I was so happy. I threw that hat as far as I could throw in it here. Graduation night. And then, see, I'm about 18 right there. 
Well, fast forward 80, not to forget I got married in 86, but 87 was I graduated from college. No one graduated from my family. No one went to college. So we're breaking new ground. Took our first church in 87, following that fall, and going on into that fall, 88. And then we came to this community. In 1997, 96, 97, we started renting with the church. I find it interesting. I categorize, but you reflect. What has God been doing for you? How is, is there patterns? God is a God of constancy, consistency. He's, he's always, he has a plan for us. Even in our older seasoned life, he still has plans for you to finish the race. I find if we reflect, it's not that we live in the back. What we need to reflect on is God's faithfulness to his people over and over and over again. Especially to those who have been obedient. So reflect. The second point, enter for the, the letter E. Enter into his throne room. Find that in verses 15, 16, prime, prime verses. If you're ever wondering, does God have time for you? Does God, in spite of all the problems, is there a place for you? Yes. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet. He absolutely understands all your weaknesses, all your temptation, all put it all together. And he says, come. Let us therefore draw near with confidence, not to come with your head hanging down, to come with your head looking up. And he's not going to beat you up and he's going to speak life into you he's always ready to cleanse us when we confess he's always ready to forgive us he's always ready to instruct us he's always ready to give us the strength that we have need of the mercy oh how we need his mercy and may we find grace 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 every moment of the day to help us in the time of need. I need grace, grace, grace. I need grace to love others in spite of whatever circumstance. It's a test. Well, I find when I enter into his presence, how do I do that? The psalmist said he entered in with his gates with thanksgiving, starting to thank God for who he is. Thank God for, if you made a list, just thank God for this, every little thing. I bet you'd be surprised. All the good things God has given to us. His courts with praise. Begin to utter words of praise. Bless the Lord, the psalmist said. Bless the Lord. 
When you begin to praise with your mouth, mouth speaketh. Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When you begin to fill your mind with songs or praise or the word of God itself, you begin to have a reservoir that is not coming, you're not walking in your own strength anymore. You're walking with the relationship with Jesus, which ties into Matthew 11, 28, 29. When Jesus describes this scenario, he says, come to me all who are weary. He no doubt saw people that were worn out, tied up with heavy loads, and how they transported their goods and their daily living, their sticks or whatever they carried, their, their, their harvest, their water was all carried on their shoulders or their backs. And Jesus is setting before them a picture the, 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 the lesson is this. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden. You ever had days where you just wanted to, ah, I don't know if I could take much more. Jesus said, I will give you rest. That's a good thing. I hear a lot about rest. A lot of people want to get away to have some rest. And they go back to work. They rest up. That's a joke. You have a vacation. Now, it takes energy, but it's fun. Where's the rhythm? I love the word rhythm. I believe you can get more done with this rhythm of a balance. Where you kind of get set, you have a speed. It don't have to be super fast. Give yourself a break, right? Plot along. There's a time to work and there's a time not to work. There's a time to rest and there's a time to work. And I believe this verse that we read about the yoke is actually describing one who's come into relationship, into right relationship with Jesus. All of a sudden, the burden of their sin falls off. That weight of their sin, that countenance on their face begins to be lifted and brightened. And they no longer feel the shame the guilt is taken away. And now you are a new creation and the old things are past. So the relationship, entering into a right relationship. Three, we're going to talk about the word S or seek. Seek. What are we seeking? What does the Bible say? What should we seek? Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these, I love this, things. Things. All these other things shall be added to you. What does he talk? What things? We need a lot of things, don't we? Or at least we think we need a lot of things. Things are okay. As long as things don't rule us, 
But what the things he was talking about in that setting is the basics of food covering. Right? You can have just the basics and still be satisfied because the real need is to have Jesus. Seek and you shall find. The Bible said, or Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. Colossians 3.1, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So as we're on this earth, if we only sought after the things that we're going to be now, what kind of depression, what kind of feeling, endless, hopeless, and after all, the things you're going to do, if you're a homemaker, you've got to maintain this dishes, floors, laundry, a lot of stuff that's just ordinary routine stuff during you work to provide. And it's, is this all there is? No. It comes down to this. If we will trust the Lord, and that's the last letter, trust. If we will trust God and believe God and be thankful, if we reflect, if we will be appreciative of all that is given to us, if we will enter into that relationship with Jesus, if we will allow the word of God to lead us and guide us and reflect upon him, if we will allow his presence to fill our inner sanctuary. When you're seeking God, ask for a refreshing. You know what I do sometimes? I'll ask God for fresh oil. Fresh oil. That's very biblical because when the wise virgins, there's ten of them, five foolish, five wise, the wise ones took extra oil. And see, sometimes I think in, our, in a way our lamps can burn down because we're running out of fresh oil or fresh wind. Oh, praise, that's something. Lord, I need a fresh wind. A fresh wind. A breeze. A moment. Taking in. I really think that we'll go farther taking time out and having just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Those who wait upon the Lord. So I don't have to feel guilty. Sometimes my Norwegian in me, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something. But that can be the trick of the enemy too. It's not always doing, it's being first. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Things then begin to make more sense, and then you begin to feel like you're not the one leading. God is in control. God will give you the strength. Have you ever looked back at a busy season of your life and shook your head and wondered how you ever done it? God was helping you. God is presence. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. That's huge. When I try to figure things out on my own, I just only, I just get 
become more frustrated. I need the help. I need, I need a word from the Lord. And sometimes as simple as wait. Or sometimes it's as simple as talk to so-and-so who can help you if it's a need that I can't take care of. This whole idea of trusting God when there's nothing for certain, it boils back to our belief. Will we trust God or am I going to trust myself? Am I going to trust God with my finances or am I going to try to make it on my own? See what I'm saying? Am I going to trust God with my health or am I going to be living in fear? What comes down to it? We all struggle at moments. Let's be a people who know how to let God in reflect upon his promises. Allow the word of God to build your faith up. It's almost like there's a reservoir, a spiritual reservoir, and sometimes it's running on empty. And we needed to take time out. I want us to be people that understand, at least in part, Jesus said, you will have life and life abundantly. For a lot of people, they struggle with that. Abundant life is not meaning that you have more stuff necessarily, but he has more of you and you have more peace. Abundant life is having more of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. When you possess, the Holy Spirit possesses you, you're, you're going to be able to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. You're not manufacturing, you're trying to make it happen. This makes sense. God has a place for us. That God has a, a rhythm, a pattern, consistency. Take time for him. We're going to stand and sing one more, one more time that song, Lord, I need you. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You know, let's sing that as our benediction song. As we think about our needs, what is it that we really need today? I don't know. Maybe there's some things. But if I will seek God first, I think I'll have a better perspective on what I really need. And I can put wisdom into the situation. Because I can never stop enough in here from the world. Only what the peace of God gives to me.